0: The first time is Chirp Radio's Live Lit and Music series, recorded at Martyrs in North Center. The theme this round was First City.
1: Andrew Huff is a friend of mine. I just did his show 20 by 2, which is an amazing show. Yeah. Um, it's a really cool premise, especially in like 80 HD land. It's 20 people do two minutes on one question. And it's It really well put together. Andrew's a great guy. He also has a show called Tuesday Funk at the Hop Leaf. Guys, give it up. Andrew Huff. So uh, I didn't know where I wanted to go for college, but one thing I was sure of, I wanted to be in a city. I grew up on the far edge of suburbia driving into Chicago to go to concerts at Metro and Aragon and loiter at Clark and Belmont and the last thing I wanted was to end up at a school in the middle of cornfields or in some tiny town with nothing to do. Cities were where it happened. Although I also wanted to be sure I was far enough away from my parents that they couldn't just stop by whenever they wanted. So that unfortunately ruled out Chicago. Now, my entire concept of college as a child and young teen was based on what I'd seen in movies and television. And while I didn't exactly expect Animal House, films like Real Genius, uh, Revenge of the Nerds, Soul Man, Flatliners, okay, maybe just Real Genius, uh, showed me that college could be a quirky, supportive place where my mind would be challenged and my creativity encouraged. I daydreamed about how move-in day would go. My parents and I would drive up a tree-lined street with leaves beginning to fall, imposing and gothic yet somehow friendly university buildings looming on both sides. And we'd park along with uh, other minivans and station wagons dropping off incoming freshmen at their dorms. We'd carry boxes up to my room where I'd meet my roommate who I'd instantly become friends with. Everyone in the dorm would be really cool, and I'd hit it off with the quirky, cute chick from the girl's side of the floor, who'd eventually become my girlfriend. I even had a bouncy 80s pop tune in mind for the soundtrack for the movie that I was filming in my mind. This perfect, uh, picture-perfect scene would all, uh, all take place in an older eastern city, where I'd find cool little coffee shops and diners to study in, and galleries, theaters, and concert venues to visit. Maybe tensions with the townies would boil over every so often, but mostly it would be all right. My school visits that uh, junior year did nothing to dissuade me from this dream, although my grades did dissuade me from even trying for NYU or Boston College. So I settled on the Ohio State University in Columbus, Ohio, which was a decent-sized city and certainly a big enough school to uh, seem like a city unto itself. The campus was close enough to my daydream that I was satisfied, in theory. Plus, my father and grandfather both went there and spoke highly of their time. But boy, my uh, my movie's opening scene did not become reality. You see, I ended up uh, only qualifying for just one scholarship, the stadium dorm. It's not located there anymore, but for 65 years, a dormitory was tucked under the western stands of the famous horseshoe. It was discounted room and board for students who couldn't afford the regular price. And when I got there in 93, it was mostly filled with Appalachians and kids from Cleveland and Toledo. When I arrived on campus that September day, the minivan was packed full of my parents, my brothers, and me. And we drove into a puddled parking lot next to a huge football stadium and looked for an inconspicuous door in between gates for Buckeyes fans. I found my way into my room, which was windowless because, of course, only the rooms on the outside wall had windows. I met a couple of other floor mates, but my roommate wouldn't arrive till the next day. So after everything was in, I said goodbye to my parents, unpacked a bit, and then wandered across campus to High Street to get dinner. If you haven't been to Columbus, uh, OSU is bordered on one side by High Street, which is the city's main north-south boulevard, and although it's been completely tamed by a wave of mollification in the past 20 years, like much of Columbus, actually, um, High Street uh, near campus has always been lined with bar after bar after coffee shop after bar after bookstore after restaurant after bar after head shop after record store after bar. It was very rundown and kind of grimy uh, and kind of seedy in the way that uh, areas around colleges often are, considering their main clientele is broke college students. That first night, I ate dinner alone on the Oval, what OSU calls its main quad, and then wandered over to Insomnia, the cool coffee shop I'd scoped out as my likely hangout for the next four years, and that, that actually came true. But since I didn't know anyone just yet, I drank, a cup of coffee and just people watched, then headed back to the dorm. It was a very lonely, sad first day. The next afternoon, my roommate Chen arrived. He was a Chinese immigrant from a small town in Eastern Ohio, not far from where my dad grew up. Chen slept with his eyes open, which was unnerving, (laughs) and didn't care much about school right from the start. But he was easygoing and easy to get along with. The most common phrase out of his mouth was, I don't give a fuck. Just like that. I don't give a fuck. (laughs) He He spent most days hanging out with a couple of dudes down the hall who had a car subwoofer box hooked up to their stereo, which they'd used to blast albums that rocked deep bass. It was obvious pretty quickly that the stadium dorm wasn't the right place for me. Our room's door was thicker than our walls, and it was pitch black when the lights were out. It was easy to get... Uh, to lose track of time in the windowless rooms and hallways, and the stadium was near the edge of campus, somewhat isolated from the rest of the university and from the nightlife of the city. Residents tended to either never leave the dorm or find somewhere else to be as much as possible. A lot of the former either dropped out or failed out. I chose the latter, and in the process, I have built the uh, idyllic urban university experience, or at least a version of it. I spent a lot of time at insomnia, quickly becoming a known regular. Through a guy I met in one of my classes, I found a group of friends who shared more of my interests. Uh, we went to off-campus parties and movies, had challenging conversations, and one of them, when one of them mentioned that his roommate was transferring, I applied to move into his room. Switching dorms meant packing up all of my stuff in December and then moving it in January, but it was worth it not to drown in depression. My new dorm, Bradley Hall, actually looked like the one in my daydreams, complete with tree-lined street and cool floor mates. I even hit it off with a cute girl from down the hall, which was a good thing because my new roommate turned out to be from hell. So I spent a lot of time in her room or at Insomnia, which was now just a five-minute walk instead of 20. It reset my expectations and got me to open up to at least some of what Columbus had to offer, Over the next three years, I got to know the city and around campus really well and ventured beyond it regularly, often arm in arm with my new girlfriend who grew up in Columbus. The artsy short north and hip German village became destinations away from college life, places that hinted at what culture and nightlife awaited me after graduation. Still, Columbus in the mid-90s didn't have much to offer a recent graduate who wasn't interested in Buckeye football and didn't plan to immediately settle down and have kids. Downtown became a complete ghost town after 6 p.m. Most of the economic energy in those days was wrapped up in shopping malls, and the dining scene was dominated by fast food and chain restaurants, although I kind of do miss those cheap college pizzas. So once I had my diploma, I headed back to Chicago and started looking for an apartment in this more vibrant city, a place where my girlfriend and I could start a new life together. No daydreams necessary anymore. Thanks.
0: Their pictures in a magazine Every little boy needs a girl Pop goes the world Jenny and Charlie getting smart it seems They made more money on a movie screen Every little nest needs a bird Pop goes the world Duke the world, pop goes the world. Six, seven, eight, and nine is ten. We send Algun to see the doctor then. Say what planet are we on? The third. And all night and day Johnny played guitar Jenny played bass The name of the band is the human race Everybody tell me, have you heard Pop goes the world Johnny played guitar Jenny played bass Ain't nobody couldn't take their place Everybody tell me, have you heard